What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are two guys just trying to live better lives so that Tobin Bell doesn't hurt us. I'm Matt Johnson, and I hate when I fall. i just, you know, victim to those pesky cancer scams. And I'm Keith Baker, and I hate to see puppets riding bikes. Ugh, the worst. On today's show, of course, we have another Halloween season movie release and another entry in the Saw film franchise. They just keep pumping them out. They're never going to stop with, of course, Saw X. Uh, Keith, infamously in Saw 6, a jigsaw apprentice killer puts somebody in a jigsaw trap for being a smoker. Uh, so I want to know, what's the most like monotonous thing that you do in your life that would like somehow land you uh, fighting for your life against jigsaw? Damn, they locked like somebody nothing, up for, nothing just for serious, smoking? Nothing serious, yeah. Like, and that, that's the person that ended up dying, by the way. <laughs> he could be, like, the greatest guy alive, but just just has a bad smoking problem. It's still so of course, Jigsaw's up. like, you're throwing your life away. <laughs> <laughs> but but Jigsaw, I run, a, I run a charity foundation, and I'm doing all this good work. I don't care. You oh, bought a pack shit. of cigarettes at 7-Eleven. I didn't look that far into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really That's really noble of you. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you know, just go. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, one thing that I do, though, maybe just like drinking beer like on a Friday night or something like that. Be like, right. yeah. you've, you've worked hard all this week, Mr. Baker, but that one Miller Lite you had on Friday is just going to eat away. Do you appreciate everything? I'm like, yeah, I do. That's why I had the beer. Yeah, that's why I had it, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and as you said, like a fucking spike flies out of nowhere and hits you in the forehead. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, I mean, just in the way, like with that example, I mean, jaywalking, that's a big one. Oh, like, yeah. We all jaywalk. And I think Jigsaw might be planning some elaborate, like, car-based, like, hitting you type trap. <laughs> yeah. um, like, <laughs> from the side as a surprise somehow because we're all jaywalkers. So that's a big one. All right, Keith, so we know that, you know, we've obviously committed lifelong atrocities as we just went over, so we are going to be subject to some games coming up, but let's just go ahead and get into our conversation here. Keith, what is your history with the Saw franchise, and what are your non-spoiler thoughts on the 10th Saw X? Yeah, so I really don't have much history with the Saw franchise. I mean, I remember, I guess, as a kid when the first one came out, but I, I know I was too young to see it. Um, when did the first one come out? Like, 04 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I was in fourth grade, so I definitely was not allowed to see that, nor did I probably want to see it, because I wasn't a yeah. big scary movie scary movie kid at all. Um, so, I didn't see the, the anything in the Saw franchise until two years ago when we did one of our Halloween brackets. We had Saw 1 on there, and so I watched it. And yeah, didn't really, <laughs> I don't know what to think of it really. I mean, it was just, it was exactly how I expected it to be. Like this guy playing like sadistic twisted games and having these people in traps and everything like that. And they had to, that they like somehow get out of them. But in the process, they got to like hurt themselves very badly to get out of them. And there's like some lesson behind it. That's kind of all I knew. And then that's pretty much what the first one, I got out of the first one. Um, and you, you and I talked about it the other night. That these movies are more like a uh, Fast and Furious type franchise where it's like, they're not really supposed to be good um, mm -hmm. or bad. They're just kind of, they're just kind of supposed to exist in the sense that like, they, you can find them fun and the characters yeah, are kind of crazy. Fun. And mm -hmm. so that's all you, you know, don't go into this movie like expecting like Oscar worthy performances or anything like that or like the best horror movies ever seen. Um, just have fun with them. And yeah, so going into Saw 10, that's kind of what we did. You know, we went to the theater the other night and watched it. And I was, since I had never seen any other movies besides the first one, 
Um, this is my first Saw movie to see in theaters. I, I like the character of John Kramer. He's kind of crazy and weird. And, <laughs> and, um, and I know there's like a whole bunch of other like history with other characters and stuff like that that you know about that we'll get into later. Um, but overall, had fun with it. It was fun to talk to you about it after. And we'll see where the uh, the franchise goes. Yeah, this was my um, first Saw movie in the theater as well. And it was fun because this wasn't even opening weekends. And I feel like we still have, like a, a decent enough crowd that we're kind of into it. You know, you got to like a few yeah. claps and pops here and there. So that was fun. I think people are kind of enjoying it around, you know, Halloween, of course. So that makes sense. So it was fun for me uh, just yeah. going to be seeing that thing in a theater for the first time. But yeah, I think it was in, I want to say like maybe like 2017 or something, whenever I made a move uh, to the Houston area. That Halloween, I just, I think they were all on Netflix at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a Saw marathon. And I just burned through all of them and was like, holy shit, I've been missing out. This was so fun. And yeah, like you said, the other night we talked about how they're essentially Fast and Furious. And like those movies, they have that great soap opera element. And I think, well, I don't watch soap operas really. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason that they last and are huge and run from this many episodes. It's just because. The storylines themselves are so crazy that you have to watch the next one because you have to know how they continue this wacky story. Um, and then you get like you, of course, you get the fun kills and traps. You want to know how they're going to up the ante. So like it's it's literally Fast and Furious, how that's action. And this is just horror or like, yeah. you know, gore, whatever you want to call it. So it's a blast. And, you know, watching this one, I had a really good time. I definitely recommend it. I think. It kind of stands alone, which is interesting. I don't think you need the history, kind of like you mentioned. I think you can go in and still have a decent, decent enough time and kind of follow along um, and get something out of it, especially around the spooky season. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I, I, I want more of these. Like I want them to keep, <laughs> you know, knocking them out and giving us more. And like, I don't even care if they do like, all right, well, OK, Saw 13, what if we set it in between a five-minute gap between Saw 3 and Saw 4? It's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. It's like, <laughs> I don't care what you do with the canon anymore just to have fun with it. Um, but yeah. And also, if you're someone like Keith or someone that hasn't really gotten into the series yet and you're thinking about it, uh, they're all, they're always, they've always been pretty good. Kind of like I mentioned about bundling them like on streaming. So like I said a few years ago, I watched all of them on Netflix. And now they're all on Amazon Prime like video for no additional cost. So... Go check them out. I think you'll have a good time. We'll get into it like with the reception talk, I guess. But this one has been getting a lot more positive buzz. I think the most positive buzz than any of the other entries. So I guess that's kind of be worth talking about. So this could be a good jumping off and like good starting point for a lot of people because this one is considered to be like maybe a more competent movie <laughs> than any of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if, if this is the first one you see or maybe the second one you see. Maybe it could get you hooked on the franchise because this one does take place, you know, right after Saw 1, um, as they said. So so let's drop an official spoiler warning. If you have not seen Saw X, if you have any interest or if you're someone that maybe came into this thinking you would have no interest, I, I really do recommend it. You know, go just like watch this franchise. I think you'll surprise yourself. It's dumb fun, but it is objective fun. You'll have a good time. But from this point on, we're going to be doing all spoilers, talking all the juicy and gory details, however you want to put it, about Saw X, all the kills, all the twists, and everything like that. So, it's time to play a game.
Keith, let's do some cast, crew, and reception breakdown. So this one's directed by Kevin Grudert, who's an American director and editor known for the Saw franchise pretty much almost exclusively. Uh, he's edited pretty much all of them, and then after editing most of the early ones, they brought him on to direct 6 and 7, and then they brought him back for 10. So <laughs> I think this franchise uses a lot of the same people. It was written by... Peter Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg, the latter of which is known for the Dane Cook classic, Good Luck Chuck, and Piranha 3D. So you got some top-notch talent here. The music is by Charlie Clouser, who is known for his James Wan collaborations, and he as well has also done all of the other Saw films. So yeah, they're really keeping in the family on this one. Yeah, sounds like it. All right, going into our cast, we have Tobin Bell returning as John Kramer, Jigsaw, Shawnee Smith returning as Amanda Young, Sonova McCody Lund as Cecilia Peterson, Stephen Brand as Parker Sears, Renata Vaca as Gabriella, Joshua Okamoto as Diego, Octavio Inojosa as Mateo, Paulette Hernandez as Valentina, and in the mid credit scene we have Costas Mandalore returning as Mark Hoffman. All right, Matthew. There's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do you got? I actually think the acting in this one from like all the people, whether it's like a bigger role, smaller role, whatever it may be, is, is pretty solid. And I think Tobin Bell is someone like maybe he just got so attached like in people's heads or like maybe even like um, executives as well to the Saw franchise. That they didn't really put him in anything else. Like, I don't know about you. I, I can't think of anything else that I've seen him in. He, I've always just known him as Jigsaw, and I think he's always been good. He's always kind of carried the franchise on his back, but he's never been the main character, kind of our protagonist in a weird way, so to speak, of any of these movies. And yeah. I thought he was great. Like, I think this is just like a genuinely really great leading performance, uh, even though it's like obviously a genre movie. I thought he was fantastic and really held it all together. Yeah, he was great. I mean, the character himself, I was really intrigued with. I mean, you get like a good intro into like his personal life and like kind of who he is when he's not killing people in the sickest ways possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this guy like actually like thinks he has good intentions and he like, he wants to do good, but he's just, he's not going about it in the right way. Um, <laughs> he's just, no. he's just killing people <laughs> viciously. Um, <laughs> and, and then saying it's on them. It's like, uh, I, I get what you're trying to do here, Mr. Mr. John Kramer, but, you're yeah. kind of just a sick old man. But yeah, it was kind of cool to see him like desperately kind of cling for his life and like trying to trying to cure his cancer in any way possible. He's like just mm -hmm. a normal kind of guy when he's not being weird and sick. Yeah, which was also weird to think yeah. about. <laughs> so that makes it even like creepier. The fact that he's like actually somewhat normal, like he has normal interactions with people. He like he like becomes friends with certain people. Mm -hmm. Like the kid that's like fixing the bike and everything. Yeah. Um like he's like, like he almost has like a dual personality disorder type thing where he's like a good guy, like just like you're, an, he's like an engineer, smart dude. And then on the other side, he's just like this sick, twisted murderer. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, very interesting. I know once you start your saw journey, you'll get to this line eventually, but yeah. Um, Jigsaw famously said that he's not a murderer. He despises murderers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess that's because he doesn't technically murder them. Yeah, it's I true. guess in his mind they murder themselves, yeah. but it's also kind of not. Yeah, <laughs> like he it's is also like you are a murderer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like what about the main villain of this movie? The the woman that's like, if you escape the room made of gas, you can put your head through the safe hole and stay alive. And it's like, oh shit, okay, that's how you win. And then she does that, but then they all just <laughs> leave the room and leave her there. 
So I guess she'll yeah. just die of like starvation. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, oh, okay. So I think you murdered her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Everybody was like, not bad in this. Yeah. Um, everybody, I, th- I would just shout out everybody, I guess. I don't really have one person in particular, but pretty much all For the sure. victims you could, uh, victims of the traps, you could say are pretty good. Like they're believable as like, yeah. as scared as they should be. And when they're having to do what they have to do to get out of the traps or try to get out of the traps, it's super gruesome to watch. And oh my God. It's hard to watch at times. That's why I never, I don't oh, think yeah. that's, that's why I never, I kind of shot away from these movies because I knew I would have a hard time watching them because of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still did. I'd like shy my, <laughs> like shield my eyes yeah. right now and then while we were in the theater. Yeah. And I think they, in this movie, they all got kind of a moment to shine. I feel like we got to know them a little bit better. I think a lot of the movies, you know, the traps are fun and inventive, but you don't really care or know anything about the people in them it's kind of just like yeah. a quick introduction they go through the trap and then they die i think this movie did a way better job of setting up who these people were kind of in the extended prologue and then basically revealing that they were going to be all the people going through the traps throughout the movie i think that was a good call because yeah i guess we kind of we equally cared more about them getting out of it because we knew them but then we also were like you know what i wouldn't mind if they failed because they're all like, really terrible people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll take a quick detour from our main conversation here, because I wanted to talk about the critical reception, because it's pretty interesting compared to the rest of the franchise. So Saw X received, in a surprising twist, positive reviews, and currently has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. The site's critical consensus is, led by a franchise best performance by Tobin Bell, Saw X reinvigorates the series with an installment that has a surprising amount of heart to go along with all the gore. While universally it was agreed that Tobin Bell was great in the movie, some negative reviews questioned if showing off the more human side of him sits at odds with how he's portrayed in the rest of the franchise. And then some also felt that um, Amanda Young's role wasn't particularly interesting, considering this was like a big return for her, with her mostly just being kind of relegated to doing Jigsaw's dirty work. But all that said, this is by far the highest rated on pretty much every site of the Saw franchise. Uh, it has an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, like we said. I think the second place is the first Saw, which I want to say is like a 50. So this is an actual uh, considered fresh movie when it comes to that site. And then also this movie costs $13 million to make and so far has made $62 million at the box office. This seems to continue the trend of Saw movies costing very little to make and then being extremely successful at the box office because of that and at least in part. At the height of Saw, they were making closer to $140 and $160 million at the box office. But I'm going to be very curious to see how this one continues to perform as Halloween kind of gets closer. I think even though it came out like a couple of weeks ago, people are going to continue to see it until the end of uh, October. So we'll see what this one ends up doing. But it's already like done way better than Spiral, which was a COVID movie. And it's already inching closer to like Saw 8. So I think it's going to do pretty well. So hopefully it's well enough at least um, to maybe get more of these. Yeah. Um, that is interesting about the, like, the budget versus what it's making and all that. Um... I was going to say, I mean, the graphics and the visual effects are, are really good for these these movies, I, I would say. Even though I'm only, I'm only seen two of them, but the first one being in 04, I mean, it looks realistic. And, and the first one was 04 and cost $1 million to make. And it's like, it's a very competent movie. <laughs> yeah. In terms of how it looks, to your point. Yeah. And I mean, and I get it because, I mean, most of it just takes place in like two or three rooms. So I can see yeah. it being cheap on that in that regard. But the visual effects, though. Like the people cutting through their limbs and shit like that, it looks 
pretty pretty gnarly, <laughs> pretty crazy. Oh my so God, yeah, we're gonna talk about the traps. So there, there's one moment that I, I have not stopped thinking about, and I wish I could, but we'll talk about it in a little. Yeah. Bit. So Keith, let's just like kind of speaking of that, let's get into talking about the movie itself. Uh, we each brought a couple points here, things that we uh, really wanted to get into. But let's start with you, kind of um, as the person that has only seen the first one. And kind of lucked out in a way that this one takes place right after that. I'm kind of wondering now that we're talking about it, if that was an intentional choice, because maybe they were like, you know, I bet there's a lot of people out there that have maybe seen the first Saw. Maybe it's been a while, but then they never watched the rest of the franchise. So what if we made, I don't know, like a different movie, more mature in tone, dealing with more maybe emotional issues. We say it set after the first one, and maybe this will make people watch the rest of it. So how did how you feel about that? And then how did all of it work? kind of um like chronologically and since this is yeah you're coming at it from a different perspective of only seeing that first one yeah i mean it goes back to what i was saying earlier or what you just said too i mean that i did luck out that this one does take place right after the first one so i i I wasn't gonna be i guess self-conscious in the in the in the sense that like oh man i'm not gonna know like anything that's going on going into this i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna have so much history that there's gonna be there's gonna be so much history i don't know about um, so I'm just not gonna be able to follow the story at all. I'm only just I'm really only only gonna be able to focus on like the kills and that's kind of it. I won't know what else is going on. But the fact that this takes place right after the first one, I was like, oh well, cool. <laughs> now I can kind of just go in from the first one into this, and then maybe I can go back and watch the other ones later. Whereas I was like kind of catching some like little different things because I've seen the movies that take place after this one. I was kind yeah. of having some fun with some of those like reveals or like little moments, particularly with like Jigsaw and Amanda in particular. And then of course, we, you know, we'll get to the mid credit scene where I was like, oh, hell yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's impressively working on both fronts. So I guess I have to give credit to the writers, even though one of them wrote uh, Good Luck Chuck, like I talked about, <laughs> but they did a good job. And I think Kevin Gruder, you know, he definitely... After editing basically all the Saw movies and directing a couple of them already, he knows what he's doing. So they did a good job kind of doing both a self-contained story and also the 10th movie in a long-running franchise at the same time. Yeah. So for you being someone who does know the story and the history with all the other movies, does this one stand high in that regard? Um, like, or, mm. it, or does it, where would it, where would you think it would rank? Would you know that yet? It's tough. And I, maybe if I could like equate it to Fast and Furious, cause you and I both love that, but it's like the movies in that franchise, like nine or maybe even eight, like I still had fun with those, but they're considerably less like dumb, bombastic fun. I feel like than the other ones. Yeah. So even though maybe they're better made, they would still rank lower if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of like grappling with on this one. This is easily... I mean, it's probably number one in terms of just like quality movie, best made. You actually like kind of get something out of these characters. There's more interest and intrigue. But I would probably say ultimately it would probably end up ranking maybe like, I don't know, third maybe overall. Just because there's some of them that are way worse movies, but they're just so ridiculous and fun that it's hard to not consider that too. Yeah. And this one's trying to be more serious. So I think this one is definitely still high regardless, but it'd probably fall maybe more like two or three overall, just based on the fact that there's some ridiculous ones out there <laughs> that yeah. give me a lot of joy. So yeah, let's jump into like the beginning of this one. We get yeah. John Kramer. So he's still battling with his cancer. It's terminal. It's in the brain. It's not good. Um, so he's going to this cancer group or or cancer-like coping group, whatever you call them. And he meets this guy named Henry, who 
does in fact say he has beat his cancer by using this alternative medicine down in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And John is very curious about that and decides to give it a try. And then obviously we see it turn into a, a scam. So yeah, what'd you think about this? Like as far as John Kramer himself, like storyline and his, we kind of touched on a little bit, but him kind of having like a, a softer side to him, I guess you could say, um, was this, was this, does this this work for the story for you or to kind of take away the creepiness of him at all? It's a really good question. I know we mentioned it in the critical, uh, talk that some people were like, Oh, you know, if you're showing off a softer side to John Kramer, isn't that kind of weird when we've seen nine movies previously of like some of his more heinous actions. And we also said he's never been the main character of the movie. So the fact that he is in this one, I think it was important to kind of show off that more human side. And even even for a serial killer, I think it's still kind of interesting to peel back the layers. Like, what is still kind of human inside them? Is there anything? I think yeah. this movie did a decent job of kind of exploring that. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great intro. And I won't spoil um, anything for you in regards to uh, the other movies or anybody else that's listening that's maybe only seen the first saw and then this one. But um, they do kind of delve into elements of his past in other movies. Um, of course, when it comes to the cancer diagnosis and like some of the stuff that happened with that. Um, but as you know now, I mean, his whole thing is just, I have this. I've had other stuff that I won't spoil happen to me. And that's made me feel some type of way about other people living their lives and not being grateful. And so that's the people that he targets. He's like... All this shit is happening to me. Uh, I'm about to die. So I'm going to go out swinging and kind of, you know, uh, target people and give them this chance to like kind of realize, you know, why you should live. And of course, the alternative is you die in really gruesome ways. Um, But yeah, despite that, I thought it was a decent intro. And I know I made a joke at the beginning about, you know, kind of falling for like crazy international cancer, like treatment scams. But to be frank, if you were in his position... I mean, you would do the same thing. I oh, mean, yeah. of course you would. Uh, so I thought it was like a very, you know, human and understandable reaction. And Tobin Bell was great in the scenes where like he's seeing Henry again and he's like, well, you're cu- you're cured like completely. What should I do? And then he just immediately does it and then, you know, falls victim to this like really fucked up scam. But yeah, it was all believable <laughs> for him and for anybody, I guess. Um, but yeah, Cecilia... That- I mean, shout out to those actors too, especially Cecilia. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's the main doctor. Um, yeah, I thought that was awesome. It was a good twist, for sure. It was, it was. I think that kind of leads us into uh, the natural point here, Keith, because yes, we get this kind of extended introduction where all this happens. John wakes up uh, and realizes that not only is he not cured, which maybe he would have been fine with, maybe he would have understood that, but they didn't even remove the tumor. Like, they did nothing. They yeah. just, like, totally tricked him. And so that leads us into the jigsaw traps and kills that we've become accustomed to after all these movies. But like we kind of said earlier, uh, we've never really gotten like a this type of introduction to the traps. Like we're starting to get to know all these doctors and these characters, and they did a pretty good job of having that moment where John realizing, oh, they did nothing. They scammed me. I'm going to kill all of them, or at least I'll give them the chance to live, I should say. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're going to become our victims. I thought that was like a great way to just like kind of get into what's going to happen. Cause even in the first saw, which you've seen the movie just starts with um, Carrie Elwes and Lee Winnell waking up in the bathroom. And then they kind of reveal later, like, you know, maybe aspects about their past, 
But I like that this one was a bit different, where it's like we got all that stuff at the top, and then we get into this fucked up warehouse full of, you know, new jigsaw traps. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good it was a good build up for sure. Um I was gonna say Oh. Well let's just go ahead and jump into the kills. And yeah. kind of go into like the meat of Saw. Literally. And, <laughs> yeah. Well Lots of we, meat. <laughs> yeah, lots of meat. Um we do get that one kill before, right? Before the Mex before like the Mexico cancer oh, scammers, we get yes. the, the eyeball sucking scene. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was I was that was something I was trying to remember earlier. I thought that was so cool because the movie reminds you that hey, you know, don't feel too bad for John Kramer because at this point he already has, you know, been in Saw One. And he's already been like, you know, killing people or not killing people, if you would ask him. But um that was such a good scene where he sees someone about to like um working at a hospital, maybe a nurse or something, about to steal uh some patients like items or things or whatever. Yeah. And then you see him put him in this trap and you're like, oh, no, John Kramer's at it again. Look, this person did something bad, but, you know, they were just stealing. I mean, do they have to die? And then just I love that little reveal. That was just him in his mind imagining what he would do to this person. And then that person sees him. It's like, oh, shit, they don't steal. And it just cuts to Tobin Bill like, good choice. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like, that was so cool. But it was fun to see that trap, too. Like, we saw, like, the... Like full on, is it full imagination? What would happen <laughs> yeah. if that person lost to an eyeball vacuum trap? Oh my Ugh. gosh! <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> God, it looks but I mean, so Keith, bad. we have to jump. We have to jump to the one I was talking about earlier. Like right off the bat, you're like you're asking all the good questions here. Who got it worse? I mean, obviously, you could make some arguments. I, I guess maybe Gabriella kind of exposed to all of the um, radiation. And then surviving, <laughs> and then having Jigsaw about to save her, only for Cecilia to then just step on her neck and break it. That's probably mm. the worst. I think we yeah. probably no argument there. But it doesn't get my vote, because the one that gets my vote is the one that made me squirm and freak the fuck out the most. And that was Valentina, I believe, having to, like, garret her own leg off, which mm. that was one thing. I mean, that was already one thing. But then, no, you're not done yet. You have to cut off your own leg and then shove a tube into the Ugh. like the bone stump in order to extract a certain amount of bone marrow out. And they do a close-up on the beaker of when the blood starts to pour into the thing. And Keith, like, I'm already getting a little <laughs> bit queasy, so I'll just, like, end it on this last point. But I turned to you in the theater and I said this. I was like, the color of the liquid that was going into the beaker of, like, bone Ugh. marrow was something, that's the one that I will never forget that image of just watching a beaker fill up with this color of liquid. (laughs) So nasty. (laughs) You must appreciate your life and this is your chance. And then it's like, now you have 60 seconds to cut off your entire leg, shove a thing in it, and then just wait for enough liquid to, it's like, Jigs, that's not enough time. I need more time. (laughs) And he's like, sorry. (laughs) Fuck. I know, it's, it's like, I literally just cut off of... my leg. Can you give me a second? Yeah, like, give me, like, a few extra seconds, please. <laughs> my leg just hit the ground. <laughs> Diego is the one that had the explosives in his arm, and he's the one that survives. That's right. And then they reveal at the end that he was the one that um, Jigsaw saved after he survived the trap, and then he was the one that outed all of the doctors. So the reason that Jigsaw was able to put this all together is because Diego survived That's the trap right. and told him who the people were. That's right. Okay, yeah. He captured him first. Okay. Yeah. 
the cab yeah. driver, I think. Oh, that was kind of a tough one to watch, too. He had to cut, cut through his forearms. Ugh. Yeah, then we get Mateo, who, what was he? He was attached to, oh, yeah, the head thing. So he ends up getting his... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, right, of course. He had to remove his own brain matter, right? Yes, he had to do, like, surgery on himself. Ugh. Yeah, and remove the brain matter. And, he st- and like, we go, we're go, we going back to it again. He doesn't have enough time. <laughs> he yep, does it. He does it. Just not enough time. <laughs> yeah, and then his head gets smashed. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole podcast could be us just going, oh. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's the best part about it, Keith, is, like, I don't think there's ever been a Saw movie that felt like revenge fantasy, which is kind of weird to say. It's kind yeah. of like a good, like, natural premise to do it. But this is the first time where most most of the people in the traps in the previous ones they have done something bad, but you still feel, you still feel a little bit conflicted because of the amount of torture and pain or death or whatever it may be they're having to face just for the chance to survive. But in this one, it was revenge fantasy. Like I was kind of okay with these people dying, so it left it like. I guess to be a bit more like a fun surprise, I was like, oh, fuck this person, they're evil. Like, I'm, I'm okay if they die. They deserve to be in this position. But then yeah. it's like, you don't know if they're going to live or die. So, like, some of them lived, and then, you know, maybe you get stepped on your neck after, <laughs> like, living. But some of them did survive, and then some of them did die. But, like, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. There, there was something special about this one because I felt less conflicted about these people. They introduced us to them. We got to know them a bit better. And I was kind of okay if they died because they're just so evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he even, like, calls him out because Cecilia's like, do you have no morals? And he's like, morals? You are running a fraudulent system or something like that. Yeah. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we had, like, the Gabriella death. That one was hard to watch. I did not like seeing her skin boil from the radiation. And then mm-hmm. she ends up dying brutally by Cecilia's foot. Um, And then, yeah, and we, if you want to jump into, like, Parker and Cecilia, that was kind of like a cool twist too. That we hit, we get um, the kid and John Kramer get get caught in his own trap, but it was all planned. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen that John Kramer in one of his own traps. Yeah, yeah, but it was all planned out because he Amanda knew that Parker was bad whenever she saw the uh, the phone from Cecilia. And right. He tries to show up and act like all victim. Like I'm coming back to get my money. They scam me too. Mm. Um, and Diego probably also confirmed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, in classic lines with, you know, with all the Saw films, John Kramer's three steps ahead of you. Yeah. You know what? He'll lock himself into his own trap and get waterboarded with blood. But Ugh. he knows he's going to walk out at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Shit. So let's jump back to Amanda real quick. I didn't know who Amanda was, but I am, mm. uh, it was clear that she was with. John, you know, they're kind of on the same team and she's like all about his his cause for for enlightening people. <laughs> so, we're, she did have like the funniest wig I've ever seen in a movie. Her hair looked so <laughs> funny to me. I was like, that's a wig, right? I mean, that's not real hair. <laughs> yeah. Even she had some funny lines too. It's like, "You think you're the first to beg?" <laughs> or something like that. Oh, yeah, that was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And despite what may happen in the future of the franchise, I did like kind of the ending of, you know, of course, like we already said, John and his own trap. That was cool to see. And that's crazy fucked up seesaw. 
bloodboarding, if you want to call it trap. Mm. Um, but then, of course, like we said, they're ahead of the game. They're ahead of the curve. They know what's going on. And then just leaving Cecilia to leave her head out of that hole while the room behind her is filling with gas and just walking out with, uh, you know, John, Amanda and Carlos. I like that he gave Carlos all the money. I was like, OK, I oh, like yeah. that. I thought that was like a fun little moment. And then it just uh, cuts to credits, Keith. And we think that's it. Yep. But what about Henry? You and I were both wondering, what about the other fucking scammer? Yeah. But you know what? Saw X, they knew we were thinking that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm so glad they wrapped that up in the mid credit scene because I was thinking about it, too. It was like, okay, well, this all started with Henry in, in America yeah. telling him about this. Like, did they scam Henry, too? And he thinks he's cured or something like that? But I was like, no. He said he was in remission, so it's like, yeah. then that means he had to have been a scammer as well. So I was like, man, they... He's going to have to get him, right? John John Kramer's not going to let any loose ends go. So, I was glad they tied that tied back to that and we see him back in the uh the original bathroom. Classic bathroom. Um yeah. and then we get a visit from an old character you said that you recognize that you were like ecstatic for. I was like, I don't know who that is, but seems pretty cool. Some detective type guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll just say there's more to old uh Mark Hoffman. That if you uh, continue your Saw journey, you'll meet him along the line. But it was just fun seeing the classic bathroom. Whenever the Saw movies go back to the classic bathroom, it's just like, okay, I'm popping off, obviously. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to do, but I'm getting hyped for it. Whenever Dom Toretto and the gang go back for an outyard barbecue, mm-hmm. I pop for it. <laughs> so when they show yep. us a familiar location here, I'm getting excited, of course. And yeah, it was a fun mid credit scene. It was like, okay, what about Henry? And then they actually kind of answered that question, which I thought was fun. Yeah, it would have been kind of like cool to see him, and maybe you've seen him in other movies, but it would have been kind of cool because you know we know he's like an engineer. It would have been kind of cool to see him like putting these traps together more, like actually building yeah. them. Yeah, we don't get too much of that, which I've always wanted. Yeah, it would have been cool to see. I agree. Because yeah, that's actually a good point. It is, it is kind of goofy. I mean, they do a good job of like writing-wise explaining, you know, oh, remember that guy from the beginning, Diego? He actually survived that trap, and then... Jigsaw got him like medical services or whatever. So he lived and then told John about all these other people and all these other scammers. And then he brings in Amanda to help. <clears throat> but that said, it's like, when did he put these traps together? Like, how quickly did he do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, we know that Diego and Amanda helped him out. But like, did a week pass while he was in Mexico post finding out that his cancer wasn't treated? <laughs> like, how long did yeah. it take him to put some of these things together? <laughs> I know, I was wondering that too. It's like, did he do this all in a day? Because if he did, it's pretty impressive. Because he made a radiation gun that Mm -hmm. like (laughs) moved around a room to shoot radiation at someone. (laughs) Like how long does that take a typical engineer? (laughs) Yeah. It's been six months. He can do it overnight. (laughs) (laughs) The best killer and engineer in the world. (laughs) Or imagine that, that phone call to Amanda. Amanda, I got scammed. I bought you, Can you a bring my radiation ticket. gun. <laughs> yeah. I need you to pick up some equipment and I'm, I got you a first class ticket to Mexico City. We got some Hell work yeah. to do. Oh, let's play a game. Um, I like that mid credit scene. Didn't like directly tease what would happen in the future. It was just like a nice little payoff for the end of the movie with like a fun little cameo. Um, but I have no idea. But I think we're going to get more and I can't wait to find out what they are. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what happens. Maybe I might go back and watch the other ones. We'll see. 
All right. Well, before we can officially close out, we have to do our Arnie's Podcast Awards, the part of the show where we take something positive, negative, or something in between from the project we just talked about. It's just something that we think deserves a specific award. So, Keith, what do you got for Saw X? Yeah, this is an easy one for me. I mentioned it to you a couple nights ago when we watched it. I'm going to give the the Mysterious Drink Award, and that goes to that handle of tequila that they bring out yeah. Before he's about to go for his quote unquote treatment, and they're like, they bring this tequila out and they make this huge deal about it. It's like, oh, you have to try this tequila. Oh, but wait, you can't because you're getting treatment tomorrow. He's like, oh, yeah. okay. And then, and then they never mentioned the tequila again. I'm like, I want to know what that tequila was like. I mean, why would they make such a, like, a, they, had, they, had a, they had a whole scene just for this handle of tequila and then never mentioned it again. I'm like, man, how cool would it have been if, like, John, like, had the tequila like up in like the room when he's watching the people and he's just like taking shots from it or something where he makes himself a drink he makes himself a drink with it that would be so cool (laughs) so my award's kind of based around we we already talked about it keith it's like how did john build all these traps so presumably fast but it kind of leads into another question and my award goes to my award is just for the most blood i've ever seen where did john get all this blood that is just falling over him and Carlos in the seesaw trap. Like, that's yeah. so much blood. Yeah. Where do you get that? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I was kind of wondering that too. It's like, well, he didn't, he wouldn't have had time to, to collect it from like the floor of like Valentina and other people. And I don't think yeah. that, they, they, even Valentina's horrible wound from her leg, I, I still don't think it was enough blood for it to be that much. So I'm like, no. Was it even human blood? Maybe he got it from like a cow or something. <laughs> like, just like, <laughs> yeah, just gallons and gallons of blood. Just found a random cow that maybe wasn't appreciating his life. So Jigsaw put a cow in the trap to like, <laughs> you have to live because you're not appreciating your life. And the cow failed and that's where he got the blood. It's possible. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts really does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. We're keeping the spooky season content going with our yearly Mike Flanagan discussion and check-in. Last year was the Midnight Club, and now we have the Fall of the House of Usher over on Netflix. Keith, are you excited about this one? Have you started it yet? What are you thinking? I have not started it yet. I'm probably going to start it today, though, um, to get a jump on it for this coming week's episode. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, though. I love Mike Flanagan. I, you know, we all were kind of lower on Midnight Club last year, so I feel like we we need a good we need a good reboot with Mike Flanagan because we loved Haunting a Hill House, Bly Manor, and Midnight Mass. Those those three were all awesome. So I really want to I really want another good one here. And the cast looks yeah. really cool. I'm glad our boy Mark Hamill is in it. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait to see what he's like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what you guys think about this one. And if you want to look back, we just did a review on the new movie, The Creator, last week. A new sci-fi movie from Gareth Edwards who did Rogue One. So that was an interesting conversation about AI and all that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, check that out, too. And lastly, we want to hear from you guys, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's Media at gmail.com. What did you think of Saul 10 or Saul X, however you want to say it? Would you make it out of a Saul trap? 
anything you say we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's it, everybody. Hope you enjoy this one. We'll catch you next week uh, for House of Usher. And then the week after for Halloween Bracket, our fourth one, Keith. Crazy to think about. That's going to be a fun one. Looking forward to all that super scary Halloween content. It's going to be a good one. So see you next week. Have a good one. See you.